You're listening to the Wicked Case Podcast featuring Cool Kyle and the Rev Kev. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wicked Case Podcast. I am your host, Cool Kyle, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner, the Rev Kev, flexing his bicep. Oh, Rev Kev Nation's here. <laughs> and we are the Wicked Case. We are the Wicked Case. What's happening, friend? Hey. Hey. Hey, dude. Forget about it. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump right in, because there's a lot to talk about and very little time. So um, this this was brought up last week, but we had a little bit of a technical snafu because Kyle accidentally deleted one of our episodes from last week. I did. So, <laughs> what's his name? Rubik's Cube McThickums. McThickums. Wait, that's his name? No, no, Rubik- no. That was what they were calling him. Oh, I was about to that say that is a reference to the um, Michigan um, running back uh, Blake Corum. Blake Corum. Vote vote Corum for Heisman watch the Michigan game right now. So, um, I just want to talk about quickly about the NHL paywall from ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So, there are some games. Last week, the Bruins had a game against the Rangers. And a couple weeks prior to that, the Capitals had a game against the Penguins. Oh, sorry. The Penguins had a game against the Oilers. My mistake. And these games were put behind a paywall where the only way you could watch them was on ESPN+. Plus. If the NHL wants to grow the game... You can't put these games on ESPN+. Plus. They have to be nationally televised on ESPN or on TNT or whatever. Yeah. I understand what ESPN Plus is coming from because they want to make the money because they know people will pay the money to watch it. But if you're – those are the hardcore fans. You've already got them in your demographic. They're not going to go anywhere. It's these casual fans that you're trying to bring in that is going to hurt you. Yes, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I understand if they said, hey, listen, we're losing money. We need these people to pay to watch these games. But it's like in the long run, you're losing fans. You get your choice of either fans or money. Right. You know, and this is. So, I mean, you're, you as the NHL are blowing an opportunity to let, you know, Crosby versus McDavid, which who knows how many more times that's going to happen, you know, be put behind a paywall. That's, that, that's not going to be helpful to the casual fan. No. If it's a game, like if it's like a random game, it's fine. Like, you know, if it's like, you know, Islanders, Capitals, sure, whatever. Put it behind the paywall. Who cares? Or a crappy team like the Coyotes. Exactly. This, I mean, it's just one of those things. But if you have high-profile athletes that you're trying to get your game to be involved with, you can't. No. Mm-mm. No. It makes total sense. I it get can't, it. It can't happen. Um. Obviously, with the fact that we live in New England, we're blessed with the fact that 80% of the games, 85% of the Bruins games are on Nesson. Yeah. And I've bought Fubo, a wonderful product, Fubo, by the way, not a sponsor. Yeah. Also not a sponsor, Uzu. I use a lot of Uzu. Yeah. Uzu is definitely one of those ones that, like, if you want to watch any game, East Coast, West Coast, doesn't matter what division. If anybody out there listening knows, you know, anybody from Uzu, I didn't send a message. I was planning on sending a message. I'll send one this week. Um, I would love Uzu as a sponsor because we will hype them up constantly. $7 a week, $20 a month, and $120 for the year, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's less than that, isn't it? No, you it would be $120 for the year. I think $120 yeah. for the year, yeah. So, I mean, that's a steal. 
Yeah. You get all the sports channels. College football is a little harder to come by when it comes to Uzu, but all of the major sports channels and stuff, you get all the NFL games, NFL red zones you get um, with Andrew Siciliano and with um, Scott Hansen. You get uh, all the networks, the MLB, NHL, NFL, and NBA networks, all the baseball games, all the regional sports channels, everything. And you can just jump back and forth from whatever you want. If you've got a smart TV, you can cast it to your TV. And then if you want to watch another game on your phone, you can do that. Yeah. And also, if you're using a computer, too, I found out you can do picture in picture. Yep. So you can have one game up in the corner while you're watching a bigger one on, on the main screen. And for those people who do not want to sign up for Prime, you can also use Uzu to sign up for and to watch the Prime games on Thursday. Yes, because they do have them on Uzu they as do. well. Yes. So, so it's it seems not a sponsor, but a great yeah. product, Uzu and Fubu. Thank you. Yes, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's just it's a bummer that these teams are put behind a paywall, and there are some people that miss out. We have friends of ours that missed out on the Bruins game a couple weeks ago against the Rangers because it was on ESPN Plus, and he didn't get it. And we tried to help him out, and he was just like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Yeah, and he missed out on it. So um, the other thing I need to talk about quickly that is a bogus thing is the offsides calls on goals. Everybody, oh yeah! Everybody asked for. They said we need to get these in, and now goals like Trevor Zegers's goal the other night, which was the Michigan that he scored against the. Did they play the Wild? I think it was. Yeah, the Wild. Um, he got called back. This, yeah. this wonderful goal that was scored got called back because twenty seconds before somebody's skate was a quarter of an inch off the fucking line. Yeah, and the team challenged it, right? If it's yes, and the problem with that is, is as I was watching um, some other people talk about it, there's a delay on top of a delay on top of a delay. Because what happens is the team wants to look at it, so they go to a TV timeout. Then they're still looking at it. Then they decide they want to have the refs review it. Now you have to wait again for it. So now you're waiting five minutes for a goal that happened twenty minutes ago. Yeah, I can understand. You know what? If it's if it's not seen within the first five or ten seconds by the ref in their eyes, it needs to just go. If it's that close, just let it go. Yeah. As Think about this with icing, too. Most players that that are uh, throwing the puck in the zone or like veteran players or whatever, they throw the puck in. They're close to the line where it could be considered icing and not. Otherwise, there'd be icing every other call because you have to gain the line, the the uh, the blue line or whatever, the center line. Before you can dump it in and they won't call it an icing. But there are some people that dump it just behind. Just let it go. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I think I understand why there's rules for a reason. Mm -hmm. But, like, you got to kind of give them somewhat of a leniency. Well, and before they had this offsides call, there obviously there was a time frame where there wasn't. And they would show it on the news and they'd say, oh, yep, they missed the call this time. That guy was just a quarter of an inch or so offsides. Nobody lost any sleep over it. It happened. Okay. Let it go. But that could be the reason why they changed it up, too, because the type refs are tired of getting shit on all the time. They're well, like, that's fine, but now they're getting shit on even more because now you're sitting around waiting and you're stopping the flow of a Hockey is supposed to be fast-paced, back and forth. You can't sit there for five or ten minutes. What's, what are you laughing at? My mom texted and says, I can't hear any coyotes, but I can hear the Rev Kev. <laughs> Delightful. Delightful. You can't... Never mind. You can't... Um, yeah, you, you can't slow down the time of the game. No. It just, it's, no, can't do it. No, I totally agree. I think it's it's ridiculous. Like I said, if you if you notice, if the ref notices it within the first 10 or 15 seconds after it happened, and they think that there's a call, 
just call it off sides, okay? And if it wasn't, it wasn't. If it was, it was. But I know there have been times where the Bruins have scored goals and goals have been scored against the Bruins where the offsides, the original offsides call happened. The puck's in the zone for 25, 30 seconds. Then the goal goes in, and then they're like, wait a minute, 30 seconds ago, this guy was offsides. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, just let us play, guy. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you on that one. So that's one of my many grinds my gears, pet peeve, burn my bacon kind of deals. Oh, yeah. The yeah. NHL paywall and the bogus offsides calls that are being called. Mm. Um, do we want to discuss Mitchell Miller? Well, I mean, we can if you want. We don't have to. I mean, you've you've already brought it up, so go ahead. We'll so, talk about so it. So basically, everybody else has talked about it. We'll just briefly, quickly touch on it, because we're not going to try to make this too overly political. Kyle has his opinion on it. I have my opinion on it. So, um, Although there has been new information brought in from the actual victim who wrote a letter or whatever to people or talked about it, mm-hmm. which might sway your vote a little bit now. Okay. Because apparently Mitchell Miller has been doing what he's been doing since he was in first grade to this kid. So it's mm. been kind of a long process. I guess the okay. kid got bullied on the bus. And so basically, and this is sensitive subject matter, and I appreciate, you know, anything, you know, listening, you know, discretion is advised. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, 20-year-old Mitchell Miller, who was drafted in 2020 by the Arizona Coyotes when he was 14, so about six years ago, he and a classmate of his in Ohio uh, bullied a... Um, black disabled child and basically took a lollipop and spun it in a urinal and had the kid lick it and the kid got tested for HIV and all kinds of stuff and um, he got uh, his draft uh, rights renounced by the Coyotes and the University of North Dakota revoked his scholarship to go to play hockey though he was still able to go to the school for learning and then the Bruins decided a couple weeks ago or whatever two weeks ago hey we're going to sign this kid without consulting the parents of the kid or the NHL or anybody. And it was a big firestorm over the last, couple, uh, uh, last week or so. And the Bruins end up getting rid of – well, they terminated his contract, but it's not as simple as that. I think he might still get money out of the deal, but – Yeah. And I, I will say, like, I do agree with you and people getting second chances, but this kid's, like, on the borderline of, like I said, like, multiple – like racial hate crimes and you just can't you can't have it especially with the hockey is for everyone initiative the rapid seven company that sponsors the bruins on their jerseys this year their ceo is black he's got a son who's handy who's disabled that's a bad look and yeah. all the players were against it all the fans were against it every bruins fan on twitter came together for once instead of saying oh tuka rask is trash we need to get rid of him or this player is washed up and everyone was like this kid needs to go He's just what he's looking for is he just wants to be able to further his NHL career. But now there's no guarantee from either the NHL or the AHL that he'd even be eligible to play. And even if he was, he would certainly not be welcomed with open arms in the locker room. And I understand he is a hell of a talent. He had like 80 something points in the USHL uh, and like 60 games as a defenseman. Fantastic numbers. But again, I just it's bad vibes bringing in. To a team, uh, we could talk about this quickly too. The Bruins are a wagon right now; they're rolling. Yeah, they're what are doing they, very well. Thirteen and two now, twelve and two. Uh, twelve and two. At yeah. This, at the time of this recording. Yeah. So. And I will say this much: going back, I know, I know, we discussed it as well. And 
you know, usually I'm like you said, I'm all for giving people second chances. And if this had been in one off incident, I would I, I would kind of fight you on it a little bit more. But if you're telling me that this has been a reoccurring thing and he this kid has been bullied by Mitchell Miller since like first grade all the way up to high school. That's what he said. And if that's what he said and that's what happened, then I'm in agreement with you. I think that it should like he really shouldn't be in the NHL. It's it. He kept Mitchell kept trying to say he was his friend and kept befriending him and they would bully him on the bus and they'd kick him and hit him and all kinds of stuff. And uh, Mitchell didn't want to ever like apologize. He never wanted to apologize to the family. He, other classmates felt remorse and they said they were sorry and they apologized. Mitchell just never seemed like he wanted to apologize. He He's seen this as an inconvenience because this is what's holding him back from joining the NHL. And yeah. you can't you can't look at it that way. And also no. it begs the question too. Who's accountable for this on the Bruins end? Is it Sweeney and Neely? Because apparently they've been looking into this kid since the offseason, like in the end of like August or something. So if that's the case, and Cam Neely did have a press conference, and he was the only one that had one uh, the day that they decided to release him. But who- So here's my take on it from like just looking at it from the, the fans' perspective and seeing what happened in the sequence of events. I think that they looked at this kid and originally – it was they thought it was a one off incident and probably thought, okay, he's not gonna do it again. But they did they it was poor planning on their part. They didn't consult the parents, they didn't consult the league. Nope. And at that point, it's like, okay, you got this guy in, now you're finding out it wasn't just a one off incident, that he wasn't remorseful, that he no. did it multiple times. Well, not to mention too, he had to write a letter to all the other NHL teams before he got drafted in twenty twenty, letting them know what was happening. So it's not like the Bruins didn't go in and they were like, oh, we have to do more investigation on this. It's not like this just just came to light. Like, we knew it. Like, I compared it to the Aaron Hernandez thing with the Patriots. You knew he had a little bit of a shady backstory when he was in Bristol, Connecticut in high school. You weren't really sure what it was. And then it turned out after he was in Florida and went to New England, you got a gangster on your team. And like a certifiable gangster who kills people. And obviously it was a bad look for the Pats, but... Belichick was looking at the player. He thought, you know, and there are times that people can change and you can say, hey, I did a stupid thing when I was younger. But if you've been doing this since you were in first grade and you've never once shown any remorse towards it and you just keep doing it over and over again, part of me, only because of like the backlash, wants me to see this kid play in the NHL because he would get clobbered. Yeah. He'd be clobbered by the first play. It could be any NHL player that just sees him along the boards and just bam, Five-minute boarding in a game misconduct, well worth it. Oh, yeah. Well worth it. And I think that's the thing, too, is like that's probably why they shouldn't let him play because it's a liability now at that point. Yes, and it's like I said, it's an obvious... It was a huge black eye in the Bruins for a bit, but it wasn't... It's on, like, management. It's not even on the players. The players all bonded, you know, bonded together and was like, we don't have it. We don't want any any part of this. This has no place in, in our locker room. We don't... We're, hockey is for everyone. That's the hockey is for everyone initiative. It's the same thing with sometimes WWE with the, you know, I know their storylines, but, you know, don't be a bully, be a star. But we're going to have a whole thing where, you know, a little poor Ray Mysterio is getting bullied and beat up. And like, I get it's a <laughs> yeah. storyline, but still, you can't. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I, I agree with you on that. I think that, like you said, when it's that consistent and it's been that level of bullying, then normally, like I said, 
uh, if somebody made one mistake and it was like a peer pressure sort of thing and right. he had done it right. and been remorseful and said, I'm sorry, it won't happen again, then I would be more on his side and be like, all right, you know what? You need to give the kid a second chance. It, shit happens. People make mistakes. But you can't. <laughs> but multiple times. Multiple times. It's a three, you know, it's the, you know, you know, make the first mistake, shame on me. Second time, shame on you. Third time, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. Yeah. Like, Fool you a third time, and you're 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 just an asshole. Three strikes and you're out. It's real simple. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I know you probably were thinking I was going to give you a harder time on that, but well, no, but that's because I brought the other stuff to light. Because obviously, for a while, you were debated about you know you got to give a person a second chance. But obviously, like you said now, well, if this has been going on since first grade and he's never shown any remorse towards it, then no, sorry, fuck you, you got to go. Yeah, that's years of abuse, right? And I agree with you on that, right? That that shouldn't have happened. So on that note. That's out of our way. Let's have a little bit of fun. So these are popular with NFL players or NFL games and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to do a game called uh, – I'm going to change it from start bench cut to start scratch cut because you wouldn't really bench a player. You would scratch them in the game. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you 10 different options. These are all current day players for the most part except for one um, is a little bit older, but you'll know who the players are. Okay. So three players – one starts, one you have to scratch, and one you have to cut. First match, first first round. Kyle Connor, Mitch Marner, Vladimir Tarasenko. Hmm. Who do you start? Who do you scratch? And who do you cut? That's tough. Oh, they're supposed um, to be tough. That was the whole point of this. Okay. <laughs> they're I, not supposed to be easy. I think I would start uh Mitch Marner. Okay. Um I think I would scratch Tarasenko. Okay. And I I mean, I guess you'd have to cut Connor. I mean, I don't know. Okay. It's a tough choice, but they're all excellent players. No, they are. But like you said, it's difficult to pick. Yeah. This one's going to be even worse. Start, scratch, cut. Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Patrick Kane. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start McJesus. Of course. You of have course. to. Yeah, of course. I think I would scratch Ovi. Okay. And then I, I think Kane's got to go on in that instance. Okay. So you got to cut Kane. You're going to scratch Ovi. Yeah. So you're going to do an SX for scratch. All right. Um, Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman, Morgan Riley. And if your favorite team or player is not in here, I apologize. I just try to come up with like 10 random ones off the top of my head and mix in forwards, defensemen, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think I would start Hedman. Okay. I think I would scratch Yossi. Okay. I guess. Cut Riley by default. Okay. Yeah. Um, This one I'm going to call the the Nova Scotia one because all these players are from the same area in Nova Scotia. Okay. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, Brad Marchand. Oh. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> That's a hard one. I, uh, oh, man. <laughs> That's a tough. That's really tough. All right. So I think if I had to start somebody, I, I, I got to say I got to go Crosby. Okay. And then I think... The sitter is Marshan. The scratched? The uh, scratch, yeah. And you're gonna cut McKinnon, huh? I know. It's it's a tough choice, but it is a tough choice. Yeah. And I appreciate you didn't really show too much of your homerism. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, David Pasternak, Jack Eichel, Nikita Kucherov. I think just from sheer fact, I got to start Pasta. <laughs> of course. I mean, it, and on top of that, he's an extremely good player. He, I mean, he's amazing. Every day he keeps getting better and better and scores more and more goals. And the longer you wait to sign him, his 8.8 million contract that he wants or whatever is going to go up to like 11. Yeah, it's going to go up. If they were smart, you would try to sign him immediately. Eight by eight for eight years, 88. There you go. Just like his number. Yeah. I think my, uh, I think the bench player is going to be Eichel. Okay. And then Kucherov, I think, would have to. Kucherov? Yeah. All right. We're going to mix this one up a little bit. All right. Um, Prime Eric Carlson, prime Chris Letang, or prime Zdeno Chara? Oh. So two of them, obviously, are more offensively offensively oriented. Yeah. And then one of them is more defensive. I think I would have to go prime Carlson. Okay. To the start? Yeah. He's getting back to form now. In as you saw in the, the thing, yeah, on the list for for the sharks. So yeah, he he's got a big contract, and I'm going to bring this up at the very end before we go to the um a little bit of football stuff. Yeah, but okay, go so uh, to start. Okay, I think Latang's got to be the sit and I, I sit, scratch. Okay, yeah, scratch, and I have to cut Char. That's all right. If you're looking for goal scoring, that's fine. If you're looking for defense, Char is your man. Yeah, yeah. No, Char was a great defensive player. I just speaking of defensive players, these are all defensive forwards. Okay. Jonathan Taze, Ryan O'Reilly, Patrice Bergeron. Well, I mean, if we're going defensive forwards, Bergeron's got to be right up there. Scratch. So yeah. Okay. Scratch. <sighs> I think Scratch is going to be Riley. Okay, and then the cut is going to be Taze. I think so. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Artemi the Breadman Panarin, Austin Matthews, Evgeny Malkin. Mm. <sighs> I think I think Panarin's got to be the start. Okay. I think my sit would be... I'm going to say Malkin. Okay. I mean, that's tough. And then you're scratched as Austin Matthews. 60 goals, cut. Austin Matthews last year is cut from the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Austin Matthews is great, but... Okay, how about this one? Tuka Rask, Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist. Ooh, ooh, that's a tough one, too. I mean, if I'm if I'm choosing a team on my own, I... It, Tuk, let's, gotta let's, be... say, let's say you're taking... This goaltender you're going to have... In a in like a in a uh, game seven situation, who do you want as your game seven goalie? I would trust Tuke all day as a game seven goalie for, for sure. A lot of people on Bruins Twitter who would not <laughs> not agree with you. That's because Bruins are hard on on their own team. No, there are Bruins fans who are ignoramuses and don't understand what a good thing we have been given when the Maple Leafs handed us Tuka Rask on a silver platter and he was molded into the phenomenal individual that he became. Yeah, I mean, and we have great goalies. Right, I mean, Olmark's been fucking fantastic well, right now but we're gonna get to Allmark next oh so. okay all right so yeah i mean tuke would definitely be first price would be the uh the sit, uh, sit yeah and then scratch. and no love for king henrik huh oh no i i have total respect for king henrik but okay. i uh, can only choose two this is the newer day goalie one okay andre vasilevsky mm-hmm. linus Allmark, or jake ottinger hmm all very good choices well, I was trying to. I, I didn't want to be like, "Oh, let's pick out hot trash goaltenders." And you'll just, <laughs> well, this is blatantly obvious. Yeah, who's this guy? Yeah. Mm. you know, I don't want to say anything disrespectful, but if it was like, who would you pick between, you know, um, uh, 
what's her name? Hold on. Um, Shayna Baszler, Tamina Snuka, and Alexa Bliss. Oh, gee, hmm, this is a real tough one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I know, agree. I, I kind of do. I don't know. Alexa Bliss is pretty, but I kind of like Samoan women. Like, uh, mm-hmm. no, we, we, we know who we're picking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. That's why it'd have to be something more difficult. You'd have to add in, like, Allie and then Alexa Bliss and then, like, Prime, like, Trish Stratus. And you'd be like, all right, well, fuck me. That's a hard decision. That would be a very hard decision. Oh, boy. Um, it's tough because I, I want my heart wants to say Omar because he's doing so fantastic. But I think if I was in that position in the long run, I think I would take Vasilevsky as my start. And then you're going to scratch Omar and bench Ottinger or cut Ottinger? Yeah. All right. And then last but not least, here's the Young Guns one. This one's going to be tough. All right. Kale McCarr, Charlie McAvoy, Adam Fox. Oh, all right. <sighs> <laughs> I think I would have to take my Makar as the. No, I I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I love I'll, Mac, but I yeah. I mean, Makar is just Makar out there. Makar would be like this year, this version of like Bobby Orr. A lot of people are comparing him to Bobby Orr the way he plays. Nobody will ever be Bobby Orr. No, but you know. Yeah. So I mean, and then obviously Mac would be the, uh, the, scratch. the scratch, and then Foxy's getting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. So, oh, here's my weird but true fact for today. Okay. So tonight, well, Saturday night, as you know, the Bruins played the Sabres. In, mm-hmm. um, for the football games today, the Vikings are playing the Bills in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. In 2014, when me and the other two members of the Brew Crew went to Buffalo to see the Bruins play on the road, they played the Sabres on a Saturday night. That Sunday... The Vikings played the Bills on Sunday, that 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 same weekend. Mm-hmm. So, what are we now? Uh, eight years later, right? Yeah, it's happening again. Oh, and geez. it's by coincidence because <laughs> you could have put the Bruins against any other team on Saturday night. It just happens that it's the Sabers and the Vikings and the Bills just happen to be playing each other this weekend. <laughs> and my brain went mind blown oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely that's great and that game was about two weeks after i was married oh wow so that shows you how long ago that was <sighs> um so yeah uh the only other thing i'd really talk about would be nfl stuff yeah what are we what are we on for time right now about 20 26 minutes oh christ we <laughs> got a little bit to go we we have a little ways to go as it turns out <laughs> as it turns out um okay okay uh bear with me for a second here folks because i gotta pull up a couple things here um because i want to talk about how my predictions have gone so far because i don't think they're doing very good yeah did i take pictures of them i don't think that i did um, is there anything that you would like to talk about in particular? Oh, I did take pictures of them, so good on me. Okay, so I had the Bills at thirteen and four, the Patriots at ten and seven, the Dolphins at nine and eight, and the Jets at seven and ten. Um, currently, unless the Jets go into a tailspin, they're six and three. The Bills are still on pace at six and two. The Dolphins are six and three, so they're still kind of on pace. And the Pats are five and four, and they could theoretically win five more games. So I'm not as bad as I thought I could be. No, you know, you did pretty good. Uh, th- you know, things things could have been much, much worse. Mm. Um, in the NFC South, however, um, 
Um, that's kind of bad. Currently, the Bucks are four and five. The Falcons are four and six. The Saints are three and six, and the Panthers are three and seven. I had the Bucks at th- thirteen and four. <laughs> the Saints at nine and eight. The Falcons at four and thirteen, and the Panthers at five and twelve. So we have a chance for the Panthers. <laughs> um, the Saints, I don't think are going to. I mean, they could, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's uh. it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be risky. I don't think it's going to happen though. <laughs> um, in the uh, AFC West, I had the, the Chiefs are six and two, Chargers are five and three, Denver's three and five, Vegas is two and six. Mm. I had the Chargers at twelve and five, so that's not too far off. Um, I had Vegas at eleven and six, so they'd pretty simply have to win out to get my prediction right. Jeez. The Broncos I had at eight and nine, which is almost on pace. And the Chiefs, I kind of disrespected, and I should have known better. They're <laughs> nine and eight, and I have them at nine and eight, and they're six and two right now. So, oh geez, I really don't see them losing that many more games. No. Um, in the NFC North, this one's going to be brutal for me. Uh, I had predicted um, Packers at twelve and five. I had Vikings at ten and seven. Bears at eight and nine. Sorry, Lions at eight and nine, and Bears at four and thirteen. Vikings are currently seven and one. Packers are three and six, which I don't think anybody saw coming. The Bears are three and six, and the Lions are two and six. But the Lions have had a lot of close games. They could have and maybe should have one that they didn't. So yeah, I'm not going to put all the blame on them. Mm-hmm. In the NFC West, I have I had the Rams at twelve and five, the Cardinals at ten and seven, the Niners at nine and eight, and the Seahawks at four and thirteen. And that's a touchdown for JJ McCarthy. <laughs> Go blue. I saw I saw they were getting close. I was like, Ooh. Um and the Seahawks are six and three. So I gave them four wins. They've already won six. Oh wow. Uh the Cardinal the 49ers are four and four, so they're on pace. The Rams are three and five. I had them losing five games, so they'd have to win out. And the Cardinals ahead of three and six. I had a ten and seven. They're at three and six. So, not great numbers. Yeah. In the AFC South, I had the Colts at twelve and five, Titans at eleven and six, Jags at five and twelve, and Texans at four and thirteen. Tennessee's five and three right now, so I'm on pace with that. Indy's three five and one. I don't like my chances. Mm. They just got a new coach. They fired their coach last week. Uh, Jacksonville's three and six. I'm on pace. Yeah. And Houston's one, six and one. I'm definitely on pace. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, we have the NFC East and the AFC North. Don't ask me why they're all, they're all backwards, but they are. Currently the Ravens are six and three. Cincinnati's five and four. Cleveland's three and five. Pittsburgh's two and six. I have the Bengals at 10 and seven, which it's close. I have the, uh, uh, Ravens at nine and eight, probably not going to happen. I think they're probably going to do better than that. Steelers at seven and ten, they might be worse than seven and ten. And the Browns at four and thirteen, they'll probably win a couple more games than that. Yeah. And then last but not least, probably the most surprising one that I'm going to have because I'm even shocked by it is um, the NFC East. So currently eight and zero, the Eagles six and two, Cowboys six and two, Giants four and five, Washington. I had Washington at four and thirteen, so they're going to do better than that. <laughs> yeah. I had the Giants at five and twelve, and they've already got six wins. Yeah, holy crap! Dallas and Philly, I had at eleven and six. 
So I think Philly's going to win more than that. There are some talks that they might just go undefeated. Wow. We'll see. And they they have that good of a team this year. It's not that they have a good team. It's they just their schedule is not that difficult on the backside. So they um they play Washington at home this weekend, Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Then they're at Indianapolis, who's been horse shit. Yeah. Versus Green Bay at home. Green Bay's been terrible. Versus Tennessee could be tough. At the Giants, maybe. At Chicago, probably not. At Dallas could be the tricky one. Versus New Orleans and then versus the Giants. Oh, yeah. So, but obviously, you know, the Patriots can tell you that you can win an undefeated regular season and then come up short and play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty common. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my predictions aren't too, too bad. So, you know. No. I mean, you're you're kind of on par. I mean, you know, you can't get them all right. No. If you did that, you'd be winning some big money on... Uh... I only wish I could. <laughs> I only wish I could. Oh, you know what I do want to talk to you about, though? And this is more of a hockey thing, quickly. Um, Patriots obviously on a bye week this week, so... Um, so there is talk, because the Bruins have been doing so well, and it's been pretty much said outright that this is going to be like their, you know, chips all in, money on the table kind of deal. Where, right. you know, this is one last run... They don't really have a lot of cap space. But a couple of interesting names have been brought up. One is Patrick Kane. Which, obviously, Patrick Kane's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's a proven winner. Um, He'd be going from one original six team to the other. Obviously, the salary would have to be tried to figure it out. You'd have to give up a lot of prospects because we got Taylor Hall for a ham sandwich. We're not going to get Kane. We are not going to get Patrick Kane for a ham sandwich in Boston. No. You'd have Mm -hmm. to give up a couple of big-time prospects. The question is, are you willing to part with those prospects for a one-year Stanley Cup run, which may or may not happen? So my question is, with a player like Kane, where would you put him? Because he won't accept anything on the third and fourth line. Well, you probably could put him on the first line. With who? Who Bergeron and Marchand. So you could do Bergeron, Marchand, Kane. You could do um, Pasta, Hall, and Krejci. And then third line now, you could have Coyle, Zaka, DeBrusque, and now move Felino to the fourth line. You could have interchangeable mm-hmm. things. You yeah, because I don't see DeBrusque really want it. DeBrusque has been playing great. I don't see... No, I know he's been playing great, but obviously you have to... You want to make sure that you have balanced lines. You don't want all of the good stuff at the top. So if yeah. you have... Um, if DeBrusque is on the third line, do you think you'd have what? You'd have... Uh, Zaka, who's a scrappy guy, Coyle's a scrappy power forward, and DeBrusque is kind of the scorer on that team. So that's what you have in that group. And injuries are going to happen, so players would move around and shuffle. God forbid something, you know, maybe an injury knock on wood happens to the hall. Now you put Kane in Hall's spot. And it's, you know, it's... If if you have... I don't know if I want to go all in on Patrick Kane as a Bruins fan. I don't get me wrong. I would love Patrick Kane on the Bruins. Yeah. But it's going to be a any move the Bruins make for a big time name will 100% probably be a a a rental, a playoff rental. Yeah. You're going to trade, you know, whatever you're going to trade. I mean, I don't even know what the asking price for Kane would be and what any potential trade would be. Because yeah. obviously with the Hall thing, they were talking about getting rid of Jack Stadnika and a couple of draft, like high draft picks, and we traded him for Anders Bjork in a second round pick. And I was like, wait, or fourth round pick, whatever it was. And I'm like, wait, what? And that was a steal. That I was mean, a steal. oh my exactly. god. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and a, a player like Kane, you know, I mean, like you said, I'd love to have him on the team. It would be great. But you also have to look at the salary, you know, exactly. and, and that's the biggest thing is like, do exactly. they have the money? Exactly. I don't think they have that. You're probably looking at a lower end player. Maybe somebody, did you have other names that were being floated um, around? Because, you know, depending on who it is, that you might be more likely to get somebody. Um, I mean, I don't know, like. Like you said, Thornton. <laughs> well, Thornton would just be a pickup because he's a free agent. Yeah. But obviously a name like Jacob Chichurin was thrown around, but mm. you don't really need it now because you've got a pretty solid top four because Lindholm's turned into a bona fide top two with McAvoy. Oh, yeah. And that's a great one-two punch on the first line. And then your second pairing is um, Grizzly and Carlo. And Which that's are a both great, great pairings, that's too. That's a yeah. great pairing, too. And even your third pair is, you know, uh, either Strawman, who's got playoff experience, or Clifton. Clifton, With, yeah. you know, Riley, but Riley's kind of been in and out. And then they have, uh, is it Zaboral, I think, on the fourth? Zaboral, yeah. So, I mean, and the goaltending's fine. I had no oh, yeah. problem with the goaltending. Both Olmar and Swayman, and even with Sway being out right now, now I, have, I guess apparently we're going to see Kincaid tomorrow. Tonight. Oh, I thought they said Sunday. Then they said it might be Saturday. Okay, I guess so we'll have to see. Be, so it would have been last night if we're listening to this now. Yeah, yeah. Because when I was listening to the radio when I was cleaning on Thursday or Friday, they said, oh, yeah, no, Kincaid will be in net on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay. So I, I, I don't know if that's still the case, but it might say it on the NHL app. Like, usually they have to let the starting lineups know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just... I mean, one one team that does make sense for Patrick Kane would be the Buffalo Sabres, because Patrick Kane is from Buffalo. Yeah. So he could do that. Um, I mean, he could really go anywhere. I don't really know where he would go, but he could basically go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he's still a good player. I mean, you could even look at, but again, it's expensive. Um and Eric Carlson. But you don't really mm. need a defenseman. It's more of the forward depth. But yeah. I would be perfectly content with, like, like I want, like, bottom... I don't know if I want bottom six people. But you got to get, like, gritty people who, you know, are role players. Yes. You don't necessarily want people who are... The top six should be goal scorers. The bottom six should be, like, grinders. Well, and... no, I don't want the top six to be goal scorers. I want, like, a little bit of depth in there. I want players. Well, yeah, yeah. Because you've obviously, you know, Marshan and Bergeron have proven that they're, like, defensive forwards. So they can score, but they also play defense. Pasta's your, you know, your your sniper. And the same thing goes for Halls. Hall's kind of the sniper. Krejci's the playmaker. And DeBrusque is also a sniper as well. So, yeah. I mean, top to bottom, it's a really good team, and there's not too many, you know, holes. But at some point, you know, you are gonna run a little. You know, you're gonna run on some some uh, fumes because you can't keep this pace up all season. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, they might be able to, but the, uh, but I don't want them to. That's the problem. Yeah, but like it, it's like you said, it's about depth, and depth is going to be the biggest thing in terms of like that's the most th- important th- part in the yeah. in the playoffs. Defensive depth forward depth because injuries are going to happen and you just want to make sure you have the right pieces in place to fill in when the time comes yeah yeah well and that's the thing too like especially with that fourth line um monty seems to be filtering in and out what 
You you're so casual, you didn't even know who he was, and now you're like, oh, Monty, our coach. I heard the players referring to him as Monty the well, other day. His name's so Montgomery, so they call him Monty. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, you know, I got to throw it out there now. It's, you know, so he's our I, coach now. I think I've determined now what I want for a Stanley Cup final, if it can be possible. What's that? Boston and Vegas. Oh, yeah. Bruce Cassidy with his new team against his old team. Oh, yeah. You got a lot of storylines <laughs> there. Jack Eichel was rumored at one point to be going to Boston when he was on Buffalo and... There, yeah, there would be uh, uh, people would have their eyes on that. I know a lot of people hate Vegas because of how much success they've had in a short period of time. So it would be interesting to see, like, do you root for Vegas or do you root for Boston? Because a lot of people do not like the Bruins. No, that is true. And my Christmas wish this year is that um, the Tampa Bay Lightning miss the playoffs entirely. <laughs> At this point, if someone's like, oh, well, you had an easy schedule to get to the Stanley Cup final. I don't give a fuck. Okay, I don't care. I don't care if we play the three worst teams in the league and they, we beat them in less than six games each. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if your team's name is engraved in the Stanley Cup, that's what it matters. That is true, yeah. You know, the year when we played St. Louis, we got lucky because we played Toronto in the first round, Columbus in the second round, and Carolina in the third round. We didn't really play anybody difficult. Yeah. And then, of course, you know... Unforeseen circumstances happened that we didn't <laughs> talk about, and we lost the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, though. I'm tired of seeing Tampa. Everybody is, but obviously the same thing can be said. If that was the Bruins, we wouldn't be tired of it. That is true, yeah. I know. people. You don't think in the NFL world people weren't tired of seeing the goddamn Patriots every year? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. Patriots in the AFC Championship. There was a time frame for a short period of time where it was a goof on Wikipedia that the AFC Championship game was called the New England Patriots Invitational because the <laughs> Patriots were there every year. Oh, yeah. It was almost automatic because they normally won their divisions. So they were one of the like, two best teams in the league in their or in their conference, so they'd automatically get a bye week. They'd steamroll whoever they played in the divisional round, and now they're in the AFC Championship game. Which doesn't happen anymore. No, it does not. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, now you never know how it sucks to, you know, Miss the playoffs and be bad, and I'm like, that's fine. I had my 20 year run. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'm like, we and it sucks. About- I became a Patriots fan after all that shit, so now I don't well, even get now, to experience it. Well, no, but it's it's similar to how I am with the Red Sox. All the Red Sox World Series happened before my time, and now I have to kind of go on the downslope. Where rumor has it they're not re-signing JD Martinez, and they're not going to they potentially might lose Xander Bogarts. Wow. So I'm kind of in a shitstorm right now. I missed the bus on that one. <laughs> Jeez. That's tough, man. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. I mean, that, those are really good players for Boston. A little bit. I mean, I mean, we'll see. Maybe they'll come back. I mean, ultimately, if they can, you know, if if they can win, um, well, not necessarily win, but if they can put together a good enough team to get to the playoffs, anything can happen. That is true, yeah. One thing about sports, you know? Yeah. Just never know. I don't really have anything else to talk about unless you have anything sports-related to talk about. Let me think. Well, I mean, we've talked about uh, the NFL. We've talked about... Talked a little NFL. Um, um, We could talk a little wrestling. We could. I mean, any other NFL thing would be, you know, how confident do you feel with the rest of the Patriots schedule? So they have a bye week this coming I mean, week. It's gonna be a, it's going to be a tough one, but... So starting next week is when the real fun starts. So we have... The Jets at home. That's going to be tough. Minnesota Thanksgiving night. Bills on Thursday night at home. That one's going to be tough. Um, 
Cardinals on be too bad. Monday night on the road, and then there's a road game, I believe, against the Raiders on Sunday night, which might get flexed. And then okay. Cincinnati at home, Buffalo at on the road, and That's then Miami at home. So yeah, it's so it's a, be, it's a tough schedule. It's going to be a very tough schedule. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how they look at Mac now and see really yeah. if he shines or if he falls short. Yeah. That's going to be a big key factor. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously Zappy did a great job and I you know, I can respect what he did. You know, but th- like you said, they're going to want to go with Mac because they're paying Mac the big money. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people say like is it Mac's fault because of his decline? I kind of feel like it's management's fault because I think they rushed him back too soon. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if they'd given him more time to recuperate and recover, I could understand, you know, you look at it now and be like, okay, well, dude, you had time, a lot of time to recover, and you're still playing like shit. Well, I mean, the whole offense hasn't been really that great. I mean, we don't obviously have the weapons we once had, and thankfully, we have a very, very good defense. Yes. So that's been keeping us in games, but that's only going to get you so far. Yeah, yeah. Because at some point... You're gonna go up teams against teams like the Bills and the Dolphins who can score and put up points, and your defense isn't is gonna have off days. And if you can't keep pace, you're gonna it's be not SLO. gonna work out for you. <laughs> yeah. The best case scenario for the Patriots right now is um the Bills quarterback Josh Allen's been dealing with a UCL injury with his uh elbow or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if that's helpful for the Patriots because you don't have to play the Bills without Josh Allen, you take what you can get. Yeah. I mean like, no. we, like we talked about, um, they're in last place in their division right now, but they'd be in first place in the NFC South. Yeah. So Now, my question is, is that, you know, with Zappi and how well he was playing, do you think he stays with the Patriots, or do you think he's going to want to be a starter somewhere else? Well, no, I mean, Zappi's under contract, so that he can't really go anywhere. They have him on a league minimum deal or whatever it is. Well, I'm saying once once his contract is up. It all depends. I mean, if things go sour with, with Mac, I don't know. Like we talked about today. There are rumors out there that Brady's going to come back next year and play with the Patriots. I I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I, I will say next year, from what I've seen, and I don't know how much they have, I've heard the Patriots have a lot of goddamn cap space next year to make a lot of moves. Really? Yes. Okay. That, I, that's a I've good heard. thing. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. They didn't have that this year? No, because they blew it all last year. I was saying before. <laughs> Because the year before they they, they that they're typically a team that does not go out and buy players. They went out and they got Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. They got um, Jalen Mills. They got Matthew Judon. They got a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and, and some of those players worked out. Some of them aren't. I mean, the Patriots' mo for a long time with Belichick has been: I'm going to get good um, young defensive backs and players that I get in like the third, fourth, and fifth rounds in the draft, and it works out for them. It's been doing that for years. Malcolm Butler, undrafted free agent, mm. game-saving interception to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, obviously someone like J.C. Jackson, who really came from, you know, a lower draft spot to become the player that he is now, obviously. And obviously the same thing with Jack Jones this year. Like, it's that's been Bill Belichick's thing for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. I mean, we'll have to see, you know. I mean, yeah, it's all, you know, like if uh coin flip just ting you never know heads good tails not good good mm. <laughs> don't don't mention coin flips the bills fans they'll have ptsd oh yeah, yeah. last year's game against the uh 
the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, we would have won that coin toss. We would have beaten the game. Well, if you could have stopped the Chiefs in 13 seconds, you would have won the fucking game too. But here we are. <laughs> so. Jeez. We can cut it short this week. Yeah, yeah, no, this is fine. We, I mean, we, we got to get ready to watch the Bruins. We do have to get ready to watch the Bruins, yes. I mean, you know, that's that's only in half an hour, though. Right. But by the time we read this, get settled in the other room. So, first off, thank you for tuning in, especially to uh, this week. Was it Virginia who's been? We've had a lot. We've had um, Virginia. Virginia's constant. And Germany. Germany. And we've also had a constant of um, Finland and... Um, Brazil, nice. yeah. We're, I mean, we got we're getting some consistent followers recently. So respect, man. Yeah, we respect you. So um, thank you for listening. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Deezer, and wherever else you can get all major podcasts, as well as the YouTube. Everything drops at noon on Sundays, folks. Yep. Unless there's a special episode, which we'll try to keep you aware of the fact that might be a special episode. Yes. If you want to give us a call and let us know how we're doing or just give us some thoughts on how things are going in your life, uh, 774-764-9074. That's 774-764-9074. And please call and leave a voicemail. And for the love of God, whoever the spam callers are that keep hitting up that phone, for the love of God, I'm going to tra- tra- yeah, track you down and I'm going to choke you out with my bare hands. I get at least two or three spam calls on that phone now, and they leave voicemails like, I understand that your podcast is doing great. Please let us help you with this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know you're just a fucking scammer. It's like you can tell the robot voice. Of course. So if you're, if you're calling, give us your name. Just, you know, just shout out, shout out your name. Or if you don't want to talk to us on the phone, email us at thewickedks yeah. at gmail.com. You visit our website at www.thewickedks.com. For all of the links to our different episodes, yeah. Uh, socials: Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter at the Wicked KS, and of course our new one, Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Wicked KS. Three dollars to join. There's going to be some awesome content if you do. You're going to get to watch me have the one chip challenge, and Kyle do the one chip challenge, and. Kyle eating a giant corn dog or yeah. whatever. We're we're looking for ten subscribers before we start putting that stuff up. Ten subscribers, that's all we're asking for. Thirty bucks. Yeah. It's really not that much. Yeah. I mean we're gonna be putting other things up there too, you know, even if you don't subscribe. But oh, absolutely. for the most part, if you if you subscribe, you'll get all that. You'll get a lot more. You'll you can we'll give you a shout out on yeah. the show. You know, we'll have a grand old time. So if you like us, you wanna help support us, to you know, just guys that wanna stop doing their cleaning or re- retail shitty ass jobs or no job right now. or no or no job yeah and at least make some sort of of money income so that way we can better all that will the, go to the better more, the show the more help we get like you said that we can better the show and we can bring you more silly ridiculous shit yes and who doesn't love silly ridiculous shit because we are both silly and ridiculous and very immature and juvenile <laughs> As you said before, you are a big fan of potty humor. I am. You love potty humor. I was having potty humor all day today. So. I know you were. <laughs> so, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Be good to each other. And as always here, let's get wicked. Peace and love. <laughs>